Would you believe a global talent crisis is looming? It's estimated that there'll be the skilled labor shortage of roughly 85 million workers just in the next decade. So 2030, not that far away, is we believe is going to dramatically impact organizational growth, if not profitability, because of this skilled worker shortage. And I'm still mesmerized by the number of executives that don't believe it will impact their business. So in this episode of the Curvebenders podcast, we're going to talk about the future of talent. Let's get started. Hi there, this is David Knorr, host of the Curvebenders podcast. I'm excited to share insights with you at the intersection of the future of work and strategic relationships. Make no mistake about it, there are a number of forces in the next two decades that will dramatically change the way we live, the way we work, the way we play, and the way we serve others. And I believe there are these relationships that will come into our lives that can change both the direction and destination of where we're headed. Those are the individuals I call curvebenders. So in each episode, I want to share with you insights from our research, from our interviews of great guests and their incredible experiences. I want to invite people to share their ideas and examples of not just coaches and mentors, but real curvebenders that have had a profound impact on their lives. Specifically, we're going to talk about pragmatic ideas in the evolution of your skills, your knowledge, and your behaviors. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Curvebenders podcast. I'm David Knorr. Over the past two decades, I've spent my life focused on this idea that relationships, business relationships that we all know are important, should be more intentional, should be more strategic, and in the process, it absolutely can be more quantifiable. In my first book, Relationship Economics, I talked about a lot of those foundational ideas. In the next one, Return on Impact, I talked about digital relationships. In Co-Create, I talked about how to really bring multiple parties together to create something beyond even your wildest imagination and a long-term commitment to seeing its success. In next, the next book, Curvebenders, I'm really excited about the intersection of the future of work and strategic relationships. Today, I want to focus on this idea that your personal and professional growth in the next decade, in the next two, in in essence, developing your talent, your skills, your knowledge, your behaviors cannot be left to others. You're going to have to take a much more proactive approach to reskill, upskill, or redeploy that which you feel like you know, that which you're capable of to remain relevant in the future of work. I want you to take a guess of a common theme, common thread that runs amongst the 15 forces we believe will dramatically impact both the future of work as well as our strategic relationships. Just as a reminder, think of relationship strategy. Think of grit. Think of diversification. Think of demographics, the economy, co-creation, storytelling, shrinking planet, haves and have-nots, geopolitics, and volatility. Have you come up with one? I would submit it's talent. So what I want to talk about in this session is really this idea of future of talent 
specific to three audiences. You as the producer of talent, you as the individual, organizational leaders as consumers of that talent, and in many ways, the board or the utmost senior leadership team of an organization that is should really be the stewards or govern or really be the uh, overarching leadership in many ways, if not stewardship, of that utilization of talent as an absolutely uh, critical resource in any organization. Think about it a second. Few things in business are more rewarding than the execution of a winning strategy by a successful leadership team. Having the right leadership in place to drive that strategy, manage risk, create long-term value is essential to any organization. Far less obvious is to really find, to groom, to retain the incredible talent necessary from all the way from the top of the organization to the rank and file, to the front row where I believe value is actually created and delivered in really not just helping organizations survive but thrive and thrive in this nebulous future of work that few of us have any, any real line of sight to. So if you think about it a second, the challenge that the future of work really brings isn't the obsolescence of human skills, but really the rise of this augmented workforce. I believe that new technologies like, and we've discussed, AI, blockchain, cryptocurrency, machine learning, all these technologies are actually accelerating human performance rather than making them defunct, rather than making them obsolete. So some jobs are actually becoming automated, but a lot more are being enhanced through technology. So if as organizations, if as organizational leaders, you hope to make the most of these advancements, you need to find people who are able to work at that intersection, at that interface, uh, the right now people who are very much in short supply. Think about it. To bolster the supply of this increasingly essential skill, I believe every organization may want to review how they attract, how they develop, how they retain, how they uh, really elevate their talent. So um, again, this this is very specifically to organizational leaders, right? Um, I don't know about uh, your uh, children. I don't know uh, their age or where they are in their stage of life, but I have a couple of high schoolers. And one of the things that are really interesting to me right now is uh, high school athletes who uh, commit to a certain college for their athletic endeavors. What do we do? We have these college signing days where there are banners behind them and swag that they wear to announce what future school they're going to go play an athletic sport for. Here's the fascinating thing to me. I think I read a report that uh, less than three-tenths of a percent of all the high school football players in the U.S. actually make the NFL. And even when they make the NFL, most will say that their tenure is, is fairly short. Here's my question. And, and again, you may want to put this in the hashtag crazy talk uh, bucket. Why doesn't anybody do 
company signing celebrations? Why doesn't anybody do future of industry, right? So I've chosen to pursue engineering. I've chosen to pursue medicine. I'm going to go after renewable energy. I'm going to go after a field in data analytics because they're not as sexy or they're not as cool. What if, and again, I'm fascinated by companies who continuously struggle to find exceptional talent, and yet they're not looking at high school students. Well, that's too early, and they're going to change their mind 75 times before they come to the workforce. If you don't want to rot an apple, what better way than go to the tree? So I would submit if you start to get a lot more savvy in the key attributes that will make that employee very successful in your organization, could we extrapolate that forward and actually look back at the track records, the uh, the ability for that high schooler to learn and the maturity of that individual and what has made them successful, right? And can we help contribute? Can we help accelerate? Can we help evolve? And if you think about it, what do colleges do with athletes, right? They support their athletic endeavors, with financial, with resources, with tutoring, with what if companies did that? So the way you attract, the way you retain, right? So I saw a a fascinating presentation by the IBM CEO who talked about uh, AI technologies within the HR function that with a high degree of confidence can predict way in advance before somebody's going to leave. They become less engaged. They become more distracted. They are uh, less excited. That passion kind of dimmers within them, right? And what they're doing, how they're doing it. What if organizations got ahead of that curve and really reignited the interest in that person and staying with the organization? Because after they leave, one thing I've learned is too little too late. How about their development? Are you kind of leaving their growth to chance? Right? Some will certainly take initiative, and that's certainly one of the attributes I want to talk to the individuals about. But you can't really also think of learning and development as one size fits all. You can't really uh, – I'm, I'm just not convinced that days of uh, holding people hostage in a classroom for a training session, I believe, are numbered. So uh, if you want to bolster the supply of these incredibly – Uh, increasingly essential skills, you may want to review your learning and internal mobility strategies to make sure they're focused on nurturing this new talent. If you create environments that foster really continuous development, you can lead tremendous benefits to that hybrid human technology workforce. But in doing so, you need to implement the right processes and technologies and cultivate a growth mindset. We're finding that uh, with the use of cognitive computing, um, we can personalize that learning experience, uh, which in turn makes it easier and more engaging for employees to learn. And it's thereby fostering really learning agility across the enterprise using, um, I don't know if you use Netflix or Amazon and you've seen it recommend. I love that intimacy, that um, not always right, but a Netflix 
um, my Netflix account understands the types of shows I like and it recommends them for me. Just like when I buy certain things at Amazon, it's hopefully getting more intelligent. So if I buy a gift for someone, doesn't think that's what I want all the time. But those recommendation engines, what if those were within uh, your organization, specifically within that talent's function, right? So the cognitive learning platforms nudges, it could nudge employees in this ongoing self-improvement, in ongoing understanding, highlighting, elevating hot skills or capabilities that not just the organization needs today, but it can anticipate needing in the future. So what happens is that approach leads a lot of employees to really surpass their learning and their growth targets and much more rapidly be prepared to move into those in-demand capabilities that require new skills, right? So identifying and retaining that talent uh, who are able to adapt quickly, who are effectively uh, moving to the new in-demand roles and the competencies that the organization is looking for are going to become that transformational engine. And they are going to be incredibly valuable in this current era of continuous disruption. Disruption is the norm that we're living through. So again, if you think of the future of work, uh, analytics and cognitive computing are just some of the tools that are prevalent today are going to become a lot more prevalent moving forward in helping the enterprise identify and really source uh, what we call agile learners, right? Uh, Those that grow with enormous amount of speed and agility, and they're likely to form a big part of that technology, uh, you know, knowledge worker hybrid workforce. So, Technology is bringing drastic changes, no argument there. I think everybody believes in that. And resulting challenge are going to really force organizations to think about where and how can we use technology to replace the mundane, to replace the, uh, the, the repetitive tasks and really use the knowledge workers with their uh, really phenomenal experiences to really drive enterprise productivity, enterprise growth. So we talked about organizations really thinking about attracting talent differently, retention, development. Um, a friend of mine says max flex, right? How can we maximize the flexibility and how we engage them? I've said for a long time, days of command and control. Uh, fun fact, the original org chart came from World War I, right? Command and control is really getting replaced by track and trust. And how do we build an environment where you hire adults, you hire really smart people to, and I love the Steve Jobs <laughs> quote of, you know, silly to hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. How do we hire smart people so they can tell us what to do, but really track their progress and track uh, what can you continue to do to remove obstacles from that which they want to accomplish, they need to accomplish. So, Uh, In terms of, I love demographics, like um, moms who've been out of the workforce for some time. My wife was one and now wants to come back in since the kids are grown. I'm going to go one step further. Uh, Think of more seasoned workforce who uh, have enormous amount of backgrounds and experiences that 
could, you could redeploy, you could re-engage. Uh, so those skilled um, experiences uh, are going to be really critical to your evolution as an organization, evolution as a team. Uh, I'm going to talk about students where he did that. I'm going to talk about um, home. Uh, I've never believed the commute. I don't know about you. I'm blessed. Um, I often work from a home office and my commute is six seconds. And I've never understood people who spend, and I feel for them, enormous amount of empathy for people who spend hours in traffic just trying to get back and forth to work. Why? To go work in some stiff downtown building? I've just, I've never understood that. They're a lot more productive if they don't have to begin and end their day with that enormous amount of aggravation. So is there flexibility in the hours of when they could come in, not to sit in that traffic or work from home? I think you're seeing more and more of that or work from more creative environments where if they get the job done, do you really care uh, where they come from, where they, you know, where they're sitting and getting that work done? So um, what I really want you to think about is great business planning as a business leader. I want you to think about great business planning a lot like coaching a sports team. You always know you've got a you've got a match, you've got a competition coming up, you've got a sporting event coming up. You never know exactly what's going to happen, but you know what skills you need in various positions, various roles to win. So if you think about and a good friend Sandy Og talks a lot about uh, really aligning talent to value. Where is value created in your organization and how do we make sure the right roles are filled with the right talent? That's exactly what a great sports coach does, right? Where do we need the right talent to succeed? How do I make sure that talent is in the right role within the team? And if you train the whole team properly, they're going to be in the best possible position to respond regardless of what comes in essence their way, what comes in their direction. Um, I earlier talked about this hybrid knowledge worker and technology uh, mindset. Uh, what I found is some uh, fascinating data. In 2018, uh, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, e, sorry, OECD, reports that uh, about 14% of jobs um, are highly automable. So another 30% of the jobs uh, could sustainably change in response to technology. So it is not – the extent in which technology is going to actually displace people is much smaller than a lot of leaders actually believe. And highly skilled workers are going to become even more in demand, right? So if you think of certain tasks – that are resistant to automation. Uh, those are typically tasks that are related to creativity and ideation, tasks related to social and emotional intelligence, tasks that are related to perception and manipulation. So people who can innovate, people who can deploy, leverage, and create with technology, as well as those who can lead and inspire others are, are always going to be in demand. They're always going to find unbelievable opportunities. So this is the time for me to switch my focal point uh, from organizational leaders. I think they get it. I think the students really going to understand um, where and how they can become uh, great 
uh, leaders and stewards of the organization if they focus on the right talent, the right flexibility in attracting, retaining, developing enormous amount of creativity, also cutting the red tape as much as possible, that any organization's entrepreneurial DNA, and by the way, the bigger the organization, the more we call it entrepreneurship, that is so, uh, people are hungry for it. People are hungry to believe in something and really be able to go through walls to get it done, not constantly be told no and we can't and that's not how things are done and here's the processes in our perfect execution box. So, um, those are all the responsibilities of kind of the organizational leader as again, consumers of that talent. Let me, let me talk for a few minutes to you, the individual talent, you're the producer of talent. If you think of what I just shared as, um, great opportunities to remain relevant, I'm going to, I'm going to reinforce some of these ideas, creativity, emotional intelligence, diplomacy, negotiation skills, Let me add one more, signal scouts. Signal scouts who identify key trends in the market that will dramatically impact the future of their business. Those are the skills that will allow you to navigate this idea of future of work. And get away from this concern of my role is going to get replaced by technology. Begin to think about how can I become one of those hybrid knowledge worker, technology assets. And here are the the steps that I thought would be particularly useful to you. Number one, you really need to read. And you've heard me say this. My dad drove into me that readers are leaders and leaders are readers. So you don't have to read War and Peace, but you do have to read interesting trends, interesting insights about your industry, about your company, about how work is evolving. I'm hoping in that process, you'll identify three to five capabilities that are interest to you, that are value to you, that you think, you know what, I may not be a coder, but I need to better understand how coding works. I may not understand AI machine learning today, but I better start understanding, getting my arms around some of the applications, some of the capabilities. Are there apps within our organization that I can learn that will help me become more efficient, more effective, more impactful. You need to attend industry events. You need to attend local, regional, national, if possible, where those three to five capabilities are highlighted. Some of you may know, this past year, I launched a health innovation roundtable. And we've had great success in creating a community of real health innovators. Unfortunately, in healthcare, there's a lot of innovation theater where people talk about it and you kind of start to peel back the onion. You realize it's just a a continuous improvement or it's just the same thing called a different thing today and somebody else is calling that innovation, which it really isn't. By the same token, you find some really fascinating people that are doing some really interesting things. So even though I'm leading a health innovation roundtable, I also have attended several this past year and will continue to attend others. Because if I meet one interesting person or pick up one piece of nugget, it will have been worth the investment of time and effort in getting out to those events. So I like attending kind of industry events, industry uh, conversations. You need to seek individuals who are already on that path of your three to five capabilities, or they're certain talking about it, writing about it, uh, put on training or development in that arena about it. 
but seek individual relationships that already possess those three to five capabilities that you seek. And in, in a, in a much more systematic way, really look at your current state. What capabilities do I have? Am I putting those capabilities to work? What do I really enjoy doing? What am I good about, you know, good in? What am I passionate about? And what that actually creates value that I can get compensated for. If you identify that as your current state, current environment, what does your future state look like? What will the evolution of those capabilities look differently in the future? And how can you develop a plan to create a gap? You know, I often say, you know what it takes to talk about future of work? A pulse. You know what it takes to succeed in future of work? A plan. And your personal and professional growth as producer of that talent cannot be left to chance, cannot be left to HR or anyone else. You have to become more proactive in identifying what capabilities will you need to remain relevant in the future and how can you develop a plan to gain those capabilities, sharpen them, modify them, enhance them, evolve them. And that's how you will remain relevant. So again, creativity, emotional intelligence, diplomacy, negotiation skills. These are all examples of assets that will keep you relevant, make you relevant moving forward. For the last couple of minutes, I really want to talk to board members. I'm on a couple of boards and I see a lot of board conversations around CEO succession as their primary talent agenda. I would submit that talent, right? Many boards are kind of very narrow in that thinking that uh, to ensure effective CEO succession, right? That's that executive talent management and leadership development is really, you know, should be basically our purview. Unfortunately, it is fifth. Uh, The National Association of Corporate Directors did a blue ribbon uh, report a commission on talent development, and they identified uh, that talent development as fifth in a priority of governance issues, right? So strategic planning and oversight obviously was the big one, corporate performance and evaluation, risk oversight, CEO succession, executive talent management, and leadership development. So we believe there's enormous amount of both risk in not making that talent agenda much more of a priority with the management team. Even more so is the board or the most senior leadership stewards of the organization not getting a lot more proactively involved in real innovation in this future of talent. Make no mistake about it. Shortage in knowledge workers are going to dramatically cap the growth the viability of many organizations. If we don't produce enough talent, if we don't engage enough of different kind of talent, if we don't prioritize really identifying the right talent that will create not just current but future value and making sure the right talent are in those right roles, organizations are going to struggle. They're going to bypass growth opportunities because we don't have the right talent in those positions. So I hope you'll consider talent as a strategic priority, both for yourself, again, as the producer of that talent, but also organizationally as consumers of that talent 
it will make or break your success in this idea of future of work. If you've listened to the Curvebenders podcast recently, you've heard that I'm working on the Curvebenders book. This will be my book number 11 with tools, insights, case studies, examples, interviews, in essence, the knowledge you need to create a personal and professional growth roadmap in this idea of future of work. I'm excited to share key sections with the first 100 participants, so go reserve your spot at norgroup.com today. If you go all the way to the bottom of the page in the get in touch section, just capture somewhere Curve Bender Insights. I hope you enjoyed this episode on the future of talent. If you want more useful tips, check out the show notes. I'll add links, images, and other references that uh, I think will be useful to you. So go take a look. I'm so thankful for our listeners on the Curvebenders podcast. I want to keep producing great content most beneficial to your personal and professional growth in this idea of future of work. So I'd love to hear your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on the various social media channels. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. And I'm using the hashtag Curvebenders podcast. So make sure you follow that for all of our latest updates. 